All right, you guys done flirting? Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone ever so. really done flirting? Really? Honestly. No one's ever really done flirting. Yeah, that never really ends, so that's just like a, a silly question there. I mean, Alex doesn't have any clothes on right now, so... You know, I'm knows? starting to get pretty good. Well, I'm ready for my OnlyFans account, so... You are listening to Party at the All Points, a journey through the competitive realms of Age of Sigmar. And now your hosts, Dayton O'Bray, Jeffrey Bodine, and Price Vanderberg. Welcome to Party at the All Points, your Age of Sigmar podcast. With me tonight, your hosts, I got Dayton Oberman, myself, and Jeff Bodine, uh, Price Vandenberg, and we have a guest host tonight, Mr. Alex Gonzalez from hey. Wide World of Wargaming. Yeah, nice. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, sir. Basically, he scratched my back last week by putting me on his, so <laughs> I have to do it this time. Well, really, I mean, we, you know, there's such small, you know, there's only so much material you can go over when there's no tournaments. So we were just like, let's have hosts on. Let's have other people on and, and see where it goes. And so I'm glad it's, it's working out pretty well so far. And we were looking yeah. to break things up anyways. So what you're there saying you is Dayton was content filler last week. For yeah. I mean, well, okay. We, our, my good friend and co-host, John, he is a, he's a lovely person, has a fantastic personality, one of the best speaking voices, and also will just, if you let him, you can just turn on a mic and like leave him for three hours and he will not stop talking. So, and he will always find something very unique and like, you will actually be very interested to hear like the most bonkers shit sometimes. So like content, we're not like my, <laughs> I can always lean back on John, but uh, yeah, you know, it's good to just switch things up. Yeah. yeah. So in this episode, we're going to be going over a little bit what Alex does on his podcast uh, what he's been doing in this time, we've all been dealing with. And then we're going to start going into a little bit of the lists of basically each one of us took an alliance and we ran with units that you don't typically see on the battle scene. And just something unique. Maybe we like the model. Maybe we just like the rules, but they don't really get played very often. So we just want to kind of come up with something a little bit different. <clears throat> and yeah, but let's go back to Alex. Alex, you are the host of... Wide world of wargaming. Now, one of them. One of them. Yeah. And they got uh, multiple. They got multiple uh, sections to that, right? So there's Age of Sigmar, X-wing, and yeah. 40K. So um, we, uh, Vince and I, started the podcast. Uh, Vince is the producer, and he, uh, or executive producer rather, um, to to me being a producer. Um, and he approached me with the idea of running through PCP to get specific stats and numbers for you know, like for kind of real hard data of lists and what's working well and what's not working as well and how metas shift throughout any type of game system. And, um, you know, we, that's back when I was at least playing some 40K, um, a lot more AOS than 40K at the time. Um, you know, I used to be good at 40K. I'm not good now, but I also play Necron. So um, that's- Well, there's your problem. There you go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and Chaos Knights, which you already know what kind of, you already know your games and how they're gonna go when you play Night Army. We all, we all know that. You're either gonna win big or you're just gonna get 
you're just ready to get fucking drunk. Everybody yeah, loves uh, yeah. So um, we we uh, did pretty great with st- uh, stats for maybe the first year, uh, first six to nine months, um, because Garrett of uh, Best Coast Pairings uh, is one of my co-hosts for Age of Sigmar. And so that was pretty easy to just get the get some of the hard numbers there. Um, but as things uh, went on, you know, we realized that there was a lot more kind of content and subject matter that we could talk about. And, um, you know, having Jeremy on and myself on, they're very competitive players. And then uh, John, who's a TO, um, and then Garrett, who's a numbers guy, you know, it just kind of became a really good combo. Uh, and yeah, the Age of Sigmar one uh, ended up kind of flying off. Um, you know, the uh, X-Wing podcast is also incredibly successful. Um, you know, we uh, were, do- we're Pretty regular with all three game systems. Um, not really thinking about adding a fourth one yet, but you know we're always considering um, different games that become more or you know more popular. But we're pretty much trying to stick to uh, you know tabletop wargaming, specifically you know uh, the Games Workshop variety. BattleTech. <laughs> oh man, well, is there a super competitive scene for BattleTech? <laughs> no. Is there a scene at all for BattleTech? Oh, there's a scene. There's a Very bunch of there's a bunch of old dudes who still play the hell out of that game. <laughs> well, like, is there a, is there a scene for Ninth Age? Yes, but yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of when I went to a tournament for 40k, and there was more players there for Ninth Edition than I was for 40k. <laughs> ninth, ninth Age? Yeah. yeah, ninth yeah age. That's rough. That's, rough. that's <laughs> impressive. That's a that's a, a lot of angry dudes in one room. Mm. I was one of them. But the chili was good. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, what have you been doing? What's been going on in your... Uh, let's go... Hey, how about this? Let's do something unique. Let's do hobby talk. Do you have any hobby talk to bring to this table right now? Whoa. Oh, well, Whoa. you know, start of every one of my podcasts, I always talk about what's on your workbench. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything but the sangria I made today because it is hot as balls in portland oregon and it is normally not this hot so i mean it is hot this like maybe three months from now it'll be this hot regularly but not you know early may so you know it's uh in a very high 80s low 90s and um it was sangria weather so you know needed to happen <laughs> needed to happen um red or but, white red or white oh red 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 okay. just uh some sparkling red wine oh, some brandy go. some uh, hey, we're sack. a culture group here, all right. That's very <laughs> important. Right on, right on. <laughs> From Mississippi, there's nothing cultured about me at all. It's, it's whether or not it's Pabst or our Milwaukee's best. Uh, I'm a natty ice man. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, Jeff, what do you got going on? Um, not a whole lot of progress from last time. I did some list writing and some theory crafting. Um, I haven't really put paint to model. Uh, this week much but um you know i doing a lot of reading and research and it helps actually it's kind of like recon on your enemy so i've been doing more of that kind of thing getting prepped for re-entering the game scene and getting oh i did i did actually you know what i do have something to report i bought my ticket for nashcon big big tournament in nashville is coming up um the funk should be cleared by then, hopefully. Uh, they did put the tickets up, so I got my spot reserved, and now I have a deadline, and I am aiming to get my Zinch Army wrapped up and get more live fire exercise with them. And You're taking the wind out of, of prices and sales right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so shit. <laughs> 
What about that uh, box of shame you got behind you in the camera there? <laughs> Can we <laughs> talk about that? Of, of things, yeah. <laughs> Just some a stack of some kits and some of those Warhammer games that I haven't got. I've seen to stores, GW with. stores with less inventory than that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, I'm a worldly man. I've been around. <laughs> All right, Price, what you got going? Um, so like Vodine, I picked up my tickets to Nashcon. I'm super excited about it. If you are listening to this you're in the Southeast or you're looking to travel to something, I can't recommend Nashcon enough. The terrain is fantastic. David runs a really good event. Um, so super excited about that. Uh, very excited, like Jeff said, to have a deadline because it'll help me move forward. I spent the past week writing Cities of Sigmar list, kind of get myself back into it. I want to start finalizing what I want to take so I can get practice runs in with it. Uh, I did buy a box of Iron Drakes recently and started putting those guys together. Um, they're really neat models, and I think there's some utility in a couple of different armies with them. Uh, so that's been the bulk of my hobby uh, this past week and a half or so. Hey, do you remember when Nashcon is? End of August. Uh, it's the 28th, 29th, and 30th, something like that. Um, there you go, kids. So, yep. Yeah, um, Alex was wondering what uh, cities you did play their price in. Oh, yeah. Um, a little bit of everything. So I've had a lot of fun with Living Cities, a lot of fun with Tempest Eye. Uh, I started out and did some Hallowheart stuff, but as good as it is, it's not my adventure. Um, but for me, City, uh, Living City and Tempest Eye are the two that I have the most fun with and, and do the most. But legitimately, I'm really thinking, I'm sure you saw it, the list, the uh, Anvil Guard list that did really well at... Uh, CanCon this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the three dragons and uh, knights and all that stuff. The yeah. Coldwell Knights. I really dig that list. I think it would be a lot of fun to play. So I'm strongly considering playtesting that and kind of iterating off of it a little bit. What city is that one playing from? It's actually Anvil Guard, which is one yeah. that you don't Oh, you said often, that. I'm so. sorry. You did say it's that. good. You don't listen to anything. So. <laughs> um, Jeff. I, I, I'd like to tune out your voice because it's like nails on a chalkboard, but I was being fair. rude. So I, I, I did the same thing to you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I like that list a lot. So I'm, I may play test that uh, here recently or here in the next couple weeks or so uh, because I dig it a lot and I think it'd be a really fun list to paint and play with. Okay. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> As myself, uh, I still got the Iron Golems Warband sitting there primed uh my oil paints did come in on friday but i haven't cracked into it yet pretty stoked for that uh and then big announcement uh adepticon has their charity raffle for uh autism i believe kids with autism yeah and i won the raffle for the Warcry warbands so i got two specially painted warbands coming to me and one of them is the corvus cabal which i've already painted so i got two of them so I'm thinking we're going to do like a little uh, share with your friends, this podcast, like, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, and then raffle idea. off the Corvus Cabal army that I painted. Uh, it, it's good. It's a good looking army. I, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be hurt to let it go. But at least going into the hobby, it's someone that's going to get it and probably appreciate it, hopefully. Yeah. That or they're going to sell it on eBay for like 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But other than that, I don't have really anything else looking uh, for for hobby. I'm kind of looking at some other armies a little bit, but uh, like I said, without the tournaments there, it's pretty hard to uh, drive into something. And especially since I just started a new army, I still kind of want to learn and keep that going. So I got my flushier courts still going, and I'm gonna start keep adding more models to that. I should be getting some more shipments here soon. Now that GW has finally opened things up. Nice. Now, Alex, you're pretty good at Age of Sigmar. 
Yes, but actually, real quick, before we even go into that, <laughs> um, I was going to say there is something else that's, that's new for me, and that was actually our game yesterday. Um, I have you and Jace um, of the Spokane area. Oh, yeah, for the people, you guys have all been, uh, and, and even a whole other league of people have been like, get in a blood bowl. We need it like for, for other, like the other league, they're just like, we literally need another person, so just do it. Um, but for you and Jace, you guys were really trying to like convince me to play some blood bowl. On, on the computer. So played my first game yesterday with you and I had no idea what I was doing for the first half. And, uh, and the second who just happened to roll really bad and we tied. So that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was It'd like, be much funnier be... if you said you won like six to one. I had <laughs> no, no idea but... what I was doing, but I won six to one. So it's fine. He, he started the game saying like, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're going to like lose hard a bunch of games. Like it's going to be real bad. You're going like, to lose a lot of games. Above you, it's yeah. going to happen. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> she is ah. not. She is not a nice mistress. She punches you in the face as she drags you in bed. She's you know the high heels, like stepping on your crotch and asking. I mean, but you sometimes more. you like that. That's blood bowl. Sometimes yeah, it's really you learn I mean, to trust, like that. Trust him; he'd know. I mean, it's food for the soul, truly. <laughs> Look, it's uh, 2020. We're not king shaming out here, so this is true. <laughs> to each their own. What, what, the, what the man in the sky said. Yeah. Speaking of kink shaming, uh, Alex, one big question that Price I know has for you. Uh, if you were to go to a furry convention, what would be your animal <laughs> and what color would it be? Uh, I, I'm really, really hesitant to say Black Templar because of that video. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I have no idea, man. What that's animal? A, what uh, animal? That's a whole nother Price world, man. That's a whole nother subgenre of weird. I mean, do non- the different one? Do the different animals have any kind of meaning or anything, or is it just like no, literally yeah, animals? There's no rules to be gamed in the furry convention world. No. I, I, like I watched on a, on Hulu. There's a documentary about furries and. I think we, we had just gotten off the bandwagon of watching like every Scientology documentary you could possibly do. And now that this is going to get recording, I'm going to get like people videotaping my house or something now. But um, uh, so my fiance and I, we were just like, oh, this is weird. And we've been on some weird shit. So like, let's put on this uh, documentary. And we, we only watched like five minutes. We were like, this is too cringy. We, we can't. We just, we just can't. You too question. much John Travolta in one sitting. <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm talking about the furry thing. Like we had. Oh, I thought off. you were talking about Scientology. No, no we had we watched so much like cringy Scientology documentaries that we oh, were like, oh. cool. Well, then like this is weird too, but like in a do different animal, way. Do you have any animal tattoos? I'm I'm looking on your. Yeah, arm. I have a. T- uh, I have a tiger and I have a shark. Oh no, oh. that's Athena. I have a shark and then I have some other ones. But do you, you have, have a to... crown anywhere on there? No. Oh, now you're just a tiger prince. Tiger prince, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Damn. All right, so you're dodging that question. Price will always be wondering your answer on that one. No, well, I mean, unless he invites no, you, me. You answered correctly, which is you don't have an answer. <laughs> so good good job. <laughs> Price hates furries. Yep. Hashtag. Fair, fair. Uh, one, of my, one of my first one of my first uh, major 40k events or just tabletop gaming events in general was um frontline gaming i grew up in the bay area in california and that's where the frontline gaming guys are from and you know eventually the kind of like roots of the itc so i, I i've known them for a really really long time and um 
one of the first events that they ever had was at an event called comic it was stan i think it's still called it but it's just called stanley's comic kazi and it's in downtown la and uh, it was really funny that they only had it there one year but i would like signed up for the mailing list so i would always get like year by year emails about the event and uh, about the convention and they always have in, like the little corner just like a little asterisk and it says like no furries <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> They make so, Sam nervous. Get so you, out stuck, of here. you stuck it in with your army list. It's fine. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so the back to Alex. As I said before, I've heard you're pretty good at I, like Age of Spinner. It's Sigmar, right? Yeah. Squeeze it out. I, I squeeze it out sometimes. Yeah. So you finished. You finished ITC last year. What? What? what, what? Uh, second overall. Um, oh who? Who third overall? Who kicked your ass in every event? Major. Okay, event hold on. There's a, there's a story there. Um, so at LVO, oh no, at LVO is actually really bad because um, there was more. I, I didn't know that I had gotten other things. Like after the award ceremony, someone goes, "Hey, are you Alex?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And the guy just like hands me a box. He's like, "You got third hobby track, or no, second hobby track for AOS." And I'm like, "Moi." Um, but uh, uh, second ITC, second hobby track, uh, third overall LVO. Um, and that was just like LVO slash ITC. Um, there were other events that I obviously had to have done well in to, to get there. Um, a lot of primarily local, um, but a lot of second places because of Jeremy Bessier. Uh, either I dodged him somehow, one of our co-hosts, um, who actually got number one in the ITC for 2019 season um, with primarily his Fire Slayers. But uh, he played a little bit of Night Hunt too. Um, and then... Don't just uh, miss that. You actually did pretty decent with Night Hunt. Yeah, yeah, I got best night hunt, best OBR, best uh, Grand Alliance death. Um, and then two years ago, I got best best death. Thank you. Uh, two years ago, I got best death before there was a death battle tome, and I brought a Soulblight Allegiance army. Um, and then the year before that, the, in between those two years, uh, Phil Souza getting number one ITC, he squeezed me out with his flesh eater course, and I had just no idea. He just bumped ahead so many points. There was just no way. Uh, LVO won him it, which is good, which is good. He's a great guy. Um, you hear but, that, Jeff? Uh, you got to put your big dick away. We have a new big dick out at the table. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> grower, not a shower, for sure. But like, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, second. Uh, I am definitely a grower, not a shower. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you, 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 you could say that I, I do well. I, I try not to toot that. But okay, if you're tooting it, I'm. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, gonna, for sure. I mean, if, if anyone's going to tune into your podcast to listen, it's because the advice and the talk around that the people do is from top. Well, well you say it gives you a lot of credibility. Yeah, oh, thank you. Know. I will say doing for well the most is part, a product of many things. So, yeah. And, and I have things that work well and, and ideas and, and suggestions, but there's a good like 40 to maybe 50% of the things I say where Jeremy, when he's on, you know, the guy who's, who was number one in the ITC goes like, that's a bad idea. Or like, um, I, I can't tell you, like we will share Twitch games when I play in his basement, I call it the dungeon. Um, and for some reason, I just, I play bad to the point where he wants to like <laughs> shake me. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I just stare into your eyes and I just start rolling bad. Um, he gets into your head and, at, at a home field advantage. Yep, yep, the, the, French, <laughs> the French overlord, he, uh, yeah, so, so it's funny. It's like, there's definitely like really good advice that we try to give, but then there's also ones that are more singular. Like I'm trying to give the advice or someone else is trying to give the advice. And then Jeremy's like, no, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And you should feel bad. That's the fun part of our <laughs> hobby in large part is that, I mean, there are right ways and wrong ways to do things, but it's 
it's still such an unexplored space that there's always going to be room for nuance and things that you enjoy and things like that. So I think that's the the fun part about the hobby in general, though, is listening to two guys who are doing consistently well and getting a chance to like watch two different mentalities go at it and try mm-hmm. to figure out where the where you can pull your nuggets of wisdom from there. Yeah, I see well, that. I think a good takeaway from that is that they've learned to trust their own instincts from developing through routine and through experience what works and what doesn't work. And so they say that not from some like hyper analyzed point of view. It's just, it's because of their experience, they have that feel now and it just gives you an advantage right I, on the front end. I would Jeff, add can you narrate my life? I, I was going to actually suggest all of our listeners to not listen to anything Jeff says. It's like across all the right. board. He's um, going to hate motherfuckers. Yeah, just if Jeff says to do it, just like put it on the back burner, right? Like just be like, ah, oh, that sounds all right, and then just put it out of your mind once you get done listening. So, in case you didn't know, Alex, uh, Price and Jeff play each other a lot and hang out a lot. So that's oh, get, I'm I'm picking up the what they're putting down. Yeah, you get the back and forth. Jeff yeah. and I've known each other for. Uh, probably 16 or 17 years now, something like that. Yeah. There you go. About Sounds right. about right. Sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty damn close to that. Almost 20. Yep. Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah. so I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously having a bunch of top ICTC, ITC players playing against each other, coming up with list ideas is going to create some pretty uh, interesting think tank within that. Kind of what we had at uh, 40K last year with the uh the florida boys and all that mm-hmm. yeah yeah you got all that talent so yeah i mean congrats obviously from our pack house to yours congratulations on your placing and uh jeremy yeah. will always own you That's uh cool. sometimes uh <laughs> there have been a couple of times at events where aren't you guys has... both playing obr right now uh no well i mean no one's playing anything right now uh, um sorry, i think he's sick of his fire slayers even though they are like constantly the hard counter to everything i have um, we both, so I had come up with a list um, before Riptide GT, which was uh, in late February. And um, I told him we were looking through, we were drinking down the street from Guardian Games in Portland. And uh, we were trying to come up with lists. And he was like, I think battalions, I think you should really consider battalions, Alex. And I was like, I, I like OBR is already so many points per model that I was like, I don't really want to spend extra points on battalions. And honestly, I also like did not read. Uh, so I'm notorious for being more conservative with the rules interpretation than I should be because I don't, you know, I come from 40K and we know how things can be. So if there's a ruling that I'm not sure on, more often than not, I will undercut myself to try to do like the more conservative rule because I don't want to you know, get caught doing something I shouldn't be doing or whatever. So um, I, but because of that, I sometimes don't even <laughs> read the full thing, which unfortunately means that I'm not reading rules that benefit me. And it almost always happens consistently year by year where I find some big thing halfway through the season that I hadn't been playing the, the you know, earlier half. And um, I had completely ignored and swept uh, OBR's uh, battalions under the rug because I had no idea that you get a free relentless discipline point a turn for each battalion you still have active on the table. That's huge. And, um, you know, that makes sense, especially since you don't get like, you can't use, you can, you generate your command points for a battalion or just in general, but you can never use command points in an OBR army. So, um, 
that was a pretty big boon. So we were drinking at a bar next to the game store and we were coming up with a few things and he was like, and so he gave a few ideas of what type of battalions, you know, we can look for. And like, unfortunately, a lot of them can be more bestly used, not in a Petrofex army, but in a um, Praetorian army. Some of them are better used in a Praetorian army, which isn't like competitive now, but we've, we flirted with the idea of even making lists like that. Um, but eventually I put together a few things and I shared it with him and he was like, this is great. And then uh, maybe a few days later, he was like, th that was a great list. Uh, I'm bringing that to Riptide. That's my Riptide list. And I'm like, no, 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 fuck you. That's no, right. I'm bringing it to Riptide now. And so there's That's a back my list. And forth. You need to pay royalties. Yeah. So, so we were like, he was like, how about this case study? We both bring the same list. See how we do. Um, so See, this, this, this is actually a really interesting idea. Boys, if the three of us ever get to a tournament, other than like a major like LVO or something, let's all bring the same army. Yeah, do it. <laughs> you can do all bring disciples the of Saints, assholes. So like, <laughs> so like throughout the entire weekend, <laughs> oh, throughout the entire weekend, I would get like people tap me on the shoulder and be like, "So you're like using the same list as Jeremy?" And I'm like, "No, he's using the same list as me." Uh, <laughs> um, but he, he, we both did great. I mean, we both went undefeated into the fifth round. Um, I, we both were go playing against Disciple of Zinch players, but two completely different uh, lists. I was playing the one that I was actually more scared of, um, which was the, like, fuck you. It was actually Jace. Uh, it was Jace's oh, motherfucking yeah. million goddamn flamers uh, on the table and exalted flamers. And, like, and it was a change host. And then um, uh, Jeremy played uh, against another player who didn't bring a change host, but brought like a really well-rounded list that wasn't so much like dick punch. And um, he, he ended up losing um, and I ended up winning, but uh, my, uh, my, my soft scores for my strength of schedule was lower than the guy who beat Jeremy. So um, I actually, we were tied for first place, but uh, soft score brought me down to second which was fine i'm not going to complain i still had an undefeated score but uh it was a little salty because it was like one of those things of course this is one of those things that jeremy will hold over your head right so um we had gotten to the point where the game was over and uh and jace and and he, he was like i can't believe you didn't do this but like i talked with jace a little bit about stuff and, and we, we talked to that because at, at some point he's like hey man we don't have enough time the, the game is over and i honestly don't think that i can actually meet you on the points and i said well great great game we shook each other's hands um and i was and i was like well okay let's just do like uh like a standard win and i think even jace was like do you want to do anything about bonus points and i was like eh, no like just just the win loss doesn't matter uh, and uh the extra three points is what would have bumped me ahead to uh not tie for first place and be in first place and so jeremy's just like holding it over my head the entire way home it's just like how dare you do that you had a chance i gave you an opening and like you did this to me <laughs> to give you some context to uh jace is a buddy of ours down in spokane uh he works with the gamers haven he does uh age of sigmar tournaments he hosts them for the most part super nice guy super positive for the hobby in general easy to get along with you don't have a bad game with jace he's a fucking meta chaser like no one else but it's always a good time so when you get to that understanding you don't want to take one-ups on him because well, he's just such a good dude why don't i share so to give you guys some context um i am going to share with you no, oh no i'm not going to show you a photo of jay's uh without his approval <laughs> i'm not going to play that game but i think he's i think he's hung like a horse honestly what i'm gonna 
I'm, you know, why are we going down this road? Please, God. <laughs> what I want to do is when we talk about I'm meditation, six in, Jeff. I'm six beers in. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, he's going to pee again. <laughs> I want to share with you uh, just a little taste of what his list was for Riptide. Um, now, our good friend Jace, he ended up getting... Okay, well, let's take a little look here. It was um, Alliance Zinch, uh, Internal Conflagration in a Change Host. It was a Lord of Change, a Change Caster, two Exalted Flamers, 20 Pink Horrors, which, mind you, it's 400 points, but that is 100 wounds. Um, and then it was two units of six Flamers and two units of three Flamers. And that was it. Oh, uh, you can go harder than that. Nasty list. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty list. good. Yeah, that's a... Definitely a nasty, nasty list. Yeah, he passed up on that Gaunt Summoner. Yeah, but he yeah, for that third unit of the pinks, but I guess it's worth it. He won. You ever see that list with like uh, three Gaunt Summoners? That's also that's a single flamers. drop list. Yeah, that's yep. why you give up Gaunt Summoner in that list more often than not. Is just it gives you the okay. matchup against other Change Host, so that you, if you're playing Change Host and they have the Gaunt Summoner, you get the first drop. Yeah, yeah. You get the, interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, in Age of Sigmar, too, um, you can, if you know you're going to have less drops than your opponent, of course, you can, like, wait and, like, piecemeal your yeah, stuff. break and up then, your battalion. So I had, I was, like, I felt saucy because I had never played. I, this was, like, the first tournament I went to with, like, OBR battalions. And uh, normally, like, even my Night Hunt with, like, two battalions or one battalion, I'm still looking at, like, nine to ten drops. And, like, with the OBR army, this one, this particular one with two battalions, I was at a five-drop list, so I was, like, fuck yeah and he was just i was like how many drops are you and he's he asked me and i was like yeah five he's like i was like how many are you he's like one and i'm like <laughs> and he's like yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna put down like three units of three or uh or four units of, of like flamers or something and uh and then just like put everything else down and i'm like ah, you nice you beat him you. yeah end of the day you beat him it was close it was actually very very close he um I had actually not fought against Change Host yet uh, since the new book. I had fought against some different weird wonky zinch lists, but um, I didn't know about the gambits that they can do. Um, mm. or I think they literally might even be called hidden agendas or something. Yeah. Um, and, they are. Uh, yeah, and yeah. he actually he actually met like two of his during the game, and so like his his horrors were like weirdly buffed very well for what they needed to do, which is like just mildly better in combat. And then, um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, his Lord of Change like instantly became um, plus one to cast. But you know, um, you know what's hilarious? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I know exactly those rules you're talking about. You know what? I didn't. I wasn't even sure if those were for matched play. Yeah. Oh yeah. They are. They are. Fully. <laughs> Holy shit. So so what was really funny was after the game when we were starting to realize stuff. Uh, immediately, uh, Daniel, who was on our, our stream like near the end when he jumped onto the audio. Um, uh, during our Blood Bowl game, um, he he started criticizing him. He's like, "Dude, you! I saw your change host dice. You like because he used his change host dice um, to like automatically get an unmodified you know nine to to cast to just instantly be like, cool, keeper secrets is instantly for the rest of the game plus one to cast and unbind." And I was like, okay, sure. But he was like, dude, if you just use those dice and use them in this scenario later in the game, you would have won. You would have beat Alex. And, you, and it's like, well. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah. like you're definitely right on that. Like, <laughs> oh. all right, Price. You yeah, but who much. knows how the game would have unfolded? That's ridiculous. You haven't yeah. talked much, Price. What do you got? 
Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just enjoying conversation about OBR versus uh, <laughs> Disciples of Zinch. It's definitely if you listen to this and you're interested in competitive play as we start to open back up, be aware that you're going to play both of those if you're trying to win a tournament. Uh, yeah. And if you're playing one of those two armies, think about how you deal with the other one because they're both tremendously good armies, and you'll see that matchup making top tables very frequently. I will say, as a counterpoint to that, they are very good armies, and they have going from uh, an army with a very small handicap to one with a little bit of a bigger one from from night hunt to obr um there's more that you can get away with but if you're if you play dumb you're gonna suffer and yeah there and the thing is people with obr at least people have kind of pretty well figured out like how to outgrind them um and the hard counters that do exist and existed before their book that like are very good against them right now which is great and then there's the people who think that crawlers are great which if you guys ever guys have ever listened to the podcast i have a personal crusade against crawlers it's a bad unit it's a bad part of the meta and if you bring them you're you're gonna have a bad time because people are gonna block you out it's just gonna mess us how it is but um uh uh words words are hard uh, yeah. <laughs> uh our local obr player played with one a couple of times and i was playing living city with a ton of jump shenanigans and he just stopped because I played it one game and then every game afterwards, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to pick up half my army. I'm going to redeploy it. And I'm going to kill that. And you don't even yeah. have to kill it. You just have to be within six inches of it or three inches of it. Yeah. And I it can't, it's not shooting. Yeah. I didn't even have to like, uh, Oh, we're talking about crawler. I'm thinking about not crawlers. What's the other one? Harvester. Uh, Harvester. That's the one. Ooh, um, Harvester yeah. is my, Ooh, I like Harvester. Harvester yes. You can't play, you can't play too aggressive with it because you'll lose it. And then you'll be like, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. No, har- uh, crawlers are, I, Crawlers are really strong paper tigers, but I don't know that functionally they'll they'll get away with top table stuff sometimes. They're great against Skaven. That's true. Um, I guess the counterpoint to that is like, what's the good Skaven list right now? I mean, I haven't we haven't seen them as much, but I'd argue it's probably still like weird storm vermin uh, acolyte lists where they're not quite as good. Like they're still good, but they don't have the big fat targets to shoot at like they yeah. used to. I'd agree with you. I think that that's the, the way to go. Um, Greg Geode's list from Team America in uh, SoCal Open, he has one of the better, um, or I, I think he's playing Seraphon right now, but I yeah. think he's got one of the better uh, Skaven lists at that time. Um, yeah. So but, it's not the five Vermin Lords? <sighs> no. Sorry, buddy. I know you're disappointed. No, that's, that's... Vermin Lords are really good, though. You should ask Jeremy if you ever have a conversation with him about how he feels about the Vermin Lord Warpseer, um, especially in context of Wet Coast 2018. Yeah, yeah you, should, you should ask him that question. Just It would be a really fun question for him to well, ask. Oh, shit, let's get him on right now. What do we have Alex on? Just going to shout out Jacob Barry if you happen to be listening to this with your unkillable Warpseer <laughs> that died to uh, a contorted epitome. On round one of our game, but I lost to you, but I still killed that son of a bitch. Let's be fair, Jacob's not listening to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Get he might be on the can and yeah. have nothing else is to this, do. Is this Rage of Sigmar? Yeah, yeah. Rage of Sigmar. Mm, yeah. I've had the I've had the distinct pleasure of being able to play both Jacob and Joe uh at events last year, so Joe Cryer? Uh not uh no, uh Pagano. Pagano. Oh oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I did have a chance to uh talk a lot with Joe at ATC last year, Joe Cryer. Because mm-hmm. um, he was obviously the TO for that, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite little emo kid. Love it. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and his mom loves me. And that's what's important. <laughs> there you go. Oh my. We talked about that. That was episode two. We talked about yeah. when I met Joe's mom. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on further into this uh, podcast, we'll do a word from our sponsors. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. This is Carol Baskins. Thanks for listening to Party at the All Points. And if you're feeling like you want to support some animals out there like you know we do at the Big Cat Rescue, head on over to Hammerhead Games at www.hammerheadgames.net. My primary value is that uh, I have you're useless. great white noise. Uh, well, white noise is useless. That's a fair comp, you know, fair thing to say. <laughs> Uh, but at least my mom doesn't hate me, so. Welcome back to Party at the All Points. That was our, not necessarily a sponsor, just obviously one of our advertisers. And if you ever want to jump in to advertise on our show, just reach out to any one of our hosts. And yeah, just obviously give a shout out to us and we'll put it on. We don't expect anything whatsoever. We don't take anything uh, except for beers or whatever if we see you at a tournament, obviously. Mm. But honestly, we'll probably be the ones buying because there were those guys, I guess. So yeah. in this segment, we're going to go into list building a little bit. So we put out a challenge to the rest of our uh, hosts, including Alex himself, about coming together with uh, units and models that you don't typically see in the tournament scene. Uh, you may like the appeal of visually, or you just like the rules, you just don't get to see it because the model is really rare or whatnot. But... Uh, we won't jump into Alex right away just because he's new. So let's break it in a little bit. And Jeff, what you got, bud? Okay. I'll start to show up. All right. <clears throat> um, I, my interpretation of this was slightly different. I chose a unit that on the surface looked kind of mediocre uh, and then tried to come up with a list to, to make it work. Uh, and I chose, and I, I was tasked with the chaos uh, grand Alliance Mm-hmm. And I chose Marauder Horseman. Um, and I'm sure there are a thousand people out there that are all going to be like, eh, Marauder Horsemen are great. And they, I'm sure you're exactly right. Uh, just for my exercise, I chose a unit that I thought looked a little lackluster. And they all I have the made, same body type. They all have the exact same body type. Like they all work out at the same gym. Oh, yeah. They're very well, they all take the same supplements. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got to figure the Chaos Tribe is not huge, right? Like I don't think they have two LA Fitnesses to choose from. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're all they're all uh, they're all swole. You guys are part so, of the all points. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I chose first of all I uh, I went with the Marauder Horseman, like I said, and I started off with that Ruinbringer Warband to get this thing all put together, and uh, that one requires a either a Chaos Lord on a Demonic Mount or a Chaos Lord on a uh, Karkadrak. And I went with the Karkadrak guy because he's a blunder in melee. And um, you have to choose four to eight units in any combination of either Chaos Knights, Chaos Chariots, Gorby's Chariots, or the Marauder Horsemen. So I picked, I went with two big units, uh, well, big 15 man units of Marauder Horsemen. And... um, then it was mostly about the chariots, and then there was a couple of uh, I, I did two units of Chaos Knights, and then three Gore Beast chariots. And the whole operation here was every time they charge, they do mortal wounds on a two plus. Um, so 
it's and they also provide a little bit of shooting for that army. I, I chose the javelins for their equipment. Um, so that was kind of the angle that I was going with. This is a giant, incredibly fast army that's going to fly and do tons of mortal wounds, fall back and charge again. It's going to be that's going to be how you kill stuff. And um, what well, we like talked I about before, like quick. anytime you're doing mortal wounds outside of the combat phase, anytime you're doing wounds yeah. outside of that. that well, and, and also on a two plus, normally that kind of roll is not not that good. Um, a two plus, I mean, you're gonna every every uh, six charges, you're gonna make five of those rolls, and that's on average ten mortal wounds, and that'll add up, and you have more than five units, so you're going to do a lot of damage with this. And uh, I really like the, the construct. I feel like it puts them to where they're doing something all the time. They're shooting. If they charge, they're going to do mortal wounds. Uh, the Gorbis chariots are really cool for this because they already have that. So now you're rolling two D3 mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty gnarly. I, they have, this is going to generate a ton of mortals. And that's why I liked it. And it really fell, to, fell together really quick. So, Marauder Horsemen, there you go. You can put them in the field and they'll actually do something. That's what I came up with. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just saying that I, I like it too because it's, it's got a really consistent theme to it. Like, if you're just interested in a theme army as well, you know, classic mounted yeah. Chaos Tribe. Um, yeah, I mean, this is an all-mounted, fully mobile army and it's going to look cool it's going to play cool it's going to do tons of damage and it can cover a ton of ground and it has enough dudes to where if you want to have like objective holding because uh, it's also the ravager group so you can bring in um you can bring in free units with for as many warlords as you have well for every hero every turn you could switch it switch your warlord to him and then generate a new unit so yeah. then you can generate a couple of small five-man groups to go and hold back objectives and then send the rest of your horde forward. And it's going to be really quick. And uh, this army, oh, yeah, I forgot. This is actually going to end up being a two-drop list because I also took a Chaos Sorcerer on a uh, Manticore. Yeah, you did. Just get, <laughs> yeah, just to get some magic in there. I thought about the Gaunt Summoner, but... Oh, uh, dude, that, that, was kind of that Chaos Sorcerer and Manticore is awesome. It's, it's like yeah, model. so he's, good. He's just fun. He's fun. Yeah. He does a hell of a lot more in melee than the Gaunt Summoner does. You could argue that the Gaunt Summoner will do more because he's an extra cast and he'll bring that 10 uh, pink unit in with him. But um, the Chaos Sorcerer kind of fits the theme a uh, little bit he better. He so well. Yeah, but you can and remember you can give him really a rerollable strong. save and you can give him yeah. the, dar- uh, the, the yeah. endless spell that just shits on everyone's life. Yep. Yeah. Demon risk. So. Just shitting on your hopes and dreams. Yeah. I have sex so, with your wife. It, it's not it is, it is not a bad list, all things considered con- considering that I came up with it in like five minutes after I picked the Marauder Horseman, it's not bad. Um, I'm sure that there are some refinements that could be made to kind of tweak it and make it better. But um, it is not bad and it puts it puts Marauder Horseman's best foot forward in my so opinion. Jeff, Jeff, if I may, what what about the Marauder Horseman appeals to you? Like, what is it? Well, that's the thing. I didn't really like them. And I interpreted the challenge a little differently. And I tried to take a unit that I was like, well, you know, I just take these as battle line filler or something, you know, like zombies or something like that. And like take a unit that doesn't look all that great and then make it be good, you know, and like have a surprising punch to it. 
that was why I chose the Marauder Horseman. I wanted to take, you know, kind of like take a beater and turn it into a, a grand, you know, like a big show-off car. I will say, Marauder Horseman, you can make them really, really good. Uh, you put them near a Nurgle Demon Prince in, uh, you know, in one of the new, uh, you know, since the new Chaos Rules came out, and you can buff them something fierce like you can make them pretty good um they're not going to be a hammer nor are they going to be an anvil but are they going to be a fantastic fast harassing unit that's yeah. dirt cheap absolutely yes um yeah i know that you can do that and if you really want to go balls in the wall you know you just have them slow down enough where the war shrine can give them the shrug save uh um put them near a you know, if you if you feel like you want to have a harassy unit that can stay in the fight too, you put them near a warshine and you give you use a command point and give uh near the um, um what's the guy's name the herald um on demonic mountain for Nurgle and yeah uh, uh, not the demon herald but like the the chaos warrior guy I know which one you're talking about but yeah, I don't all know of a sudden his name. yeah and then all of a sudden you got two shrug saves and it's yeah. very annoying. Yeah, actually, you know what, now that I think about it, in this arrangement, um, I just went with Undivided and gave the Karkadrak guy the relic to give him an 18-inch command radius for uh, being immune to battle shock. So the list just kind of hangs around. It doesn't bleed off wounds, because, I mean, if you've looked at Chaos at all, you know that they have really bad bravery. Um, so that's a way to kind of dodge that. I mean, Alex is, of course obviously very right about the Nurgle build, but uh, the undivided one has its merits in that uh, no battle shock. So, yeah. And it's a really big radius. You could also use them as fantastic bubble wrap for scarier things because they are on the smallest cavalry base possible. So um, I had a friend who used uh, at least one or two war mammoths in a list, which if you guys have ever seen the model, you yeah. know, those things are <laughs> big old fuckers. Awesome. Yeah, they're the thick. most awesome kids. Thick with two that one C's. goes all the way back to Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy. Yep, yep, and uh, they're a huge model. They're they're if you go on the base recommendation chart, there's only two other things that are on a base size that big, and it's the um, Dread Saurian and, and the Corn Dragon. Yeah. yeah, and so it's wow. a gigantic base, um, and it's like a hundred and uh, no, it's three hundred and twenty mil oval uh, for for context. Yeah, it's gigantic, and they don't make that base. You got to like. 3d printed or like find someone who's like real cool who wants to make you one um uh but, tony tony at hammerhead games will make yep, you one. he absolutely will make you one it's true uh <laughs> but uh goes maybe here for that yeah and and <laughs> they are just a little bit they're more than half an inch wide so you can cover a mammoth from getting within half an inch of charge distance initially at least by right. getting him in like that is he gonna be within three probably still but like you can bubble wrap if you really want to go balls to the wall and just be like, fuck you, I'm going to bring a bunch of war mammoths and wreck your day with their tusks. Like, <laughs> something That's you can do. Yep. Somebody, uh, we were beat to the punch on this one, guys, because they're currently out of stock on the Games Workshop website. So. Damn it. So somebody, somebody's beat us all to the, to the punch on this. Uh, Slaves of Darkness are damn sexy chaos unit anyways. Like, they, just, that uh, book is awesome. On a side note, I don't know if you guys have looked at them recently, but Games Workshop updated the like official paint scheme of them on the website, and it looks really good. Uh, it's not particularly relevant to the conversation, but I was just scrolling through, and man, they, they kind of changed the paint scheme to them for their base box art, and they look really nice now. Well, that box art's like 15 years old, so I yes. hope they did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you yeah. put together one of those chariots before? 
It's fucking I, brutal. Several, because uh, I played 8th edition <laughs> Fantasy where one of the best chaos lists involved running multiples of them in singles. So. <laughs> hmm. All right, uh, thanks, Jeff. Well, that's, that's a pretty sweet right. list. I mean, cool. chaos always gets me horny anyways. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, as for my list, I went with the... I picked Destruction as what I focused into. And I went with Gloomscobite Gits because I think they have one of the best sexiest looking models that came out and it's new but you never see it ever and that's the dank hold trog boss choking his like centipede or whatever he's got in his hand and he's just ready to eat and he's got mushrooms and everything growing all over and that no, model, we're not a family-friendly podcast Dayton, but i don't think we should talk about choking centipedes dude yeah yeah jeff is choking all the time we talked about this last episode. Well, he is dank. He's dank <laughs> as fuck. Um, I got to say, uh, last Spokane event I went to, um, I had fought against an all-troll list. And uh, I'm pretty sure he used – it was one of those scenarios where I actually thought it was um, – I didn't know that he had a proxy model. I legitimately thought that it was legal um, just because of keywords. Um, so I was, like, shocked. I was like, holy shit, you can have – armies with the chaos keyword not a destruction army because he used that old uh it was like an end times model the um named chaos troll guy yeah. um he was using him on a bigger base on the legal base for the dank old trogoth um as a dank old trogoth now i will say he's about half the size but you know it, it got an okay from jace um and the guy was a great player anyways um, but it was an all, it was literally an all troll army and uh it was the Oops. army and at first i was really confident against it um, but it was the a realmscape feature where at the start of your movement phase on a six, you can take one of your units in your army and teleport it nine inches away from enemy units. Oh, um, and three turns in a row, he rolled a six. So I was like, <laughs> oh, he's slow. I'm slow, but at least I'll be able to like maneuver my guys in a way where I can like take charge of the situation and know where I'm going to get hit first. And uh, that didn't happen <laughs> but uh, i had to squeak in a, a win on that one it was not easy but uh dang old trogoth okay oh my turn it's my turn yeah sorry sorry yeah i just got really <laughs> excited because <laughs> you talked about no, trolls. no that's cool yeah. it's your podcast you do it yeah so that troll <laughs> army was really good but anyway i swear <laughs> i made it with god <laughs> uh so i went with four leaders i went with the fungoid cave shaman i went with the dang old trogoth or trogboss with the Tragoth uh, Hag, because she's awesome. If you're going to have a troll army, you need to have her in there. Uh, Price talked about her like two episodes ago. She is a beast, and she is sexy as fuck. And then I got a Loom Boss as well on uh, the Squig. And then for my battle line, I went with two groups of six Rock Gut Trogoths and a unit of three Fellwater Trogoths. Now, I know the Fellwaters, they're actually... They're good. They're actually good. They should have them and you'll see them around. They have some really good uh, rules to them. The mice want to hit and they puke really well and they're actually pretty decent in melee. And then I went with uh, two groups of I said 18 of squid herders. I got 12 squid herders and then my endless spell is the chromatic cogs. Now the whole idea behind this is the squigs with the loom boss rush ahead to interfere with everything that's planned on for your opponent so you start to control the board a little bit and then you use the hand of gork to teleport in the rock goth trogoths and you have six the rule is you pick an enemy unit within 12 inches and you roll underneath their unit size so you got six you're always going to get it equal to or under 
and then it just does d3 mortal wounds to whatever you choose so you're you're dropping these trogoffs in sniping out characters and then creating a big distraction for them to focus on because trogoffs on themselves rockoffs are actually you know you gotta put commitment to them because they actually yeah. and they they hurt pretty good meanwhile your drag hold uh trog boss and your trog off hag are moving forward with the rest of your trolls behind screen by the squigs so you get this kind of board control uh you don't really know what to commit onto so you hopefully disperse their army but uh i really i really like the trolls trolls are awesome i really like squigs squigs are great and honestly the more i start looking at destruction and gloom spike gets it, it kind of makes me want to start running a gloom spike gets army Not something of this caliber but did you uh, think at all about adding, like, when you were writing, I don't know if you looked at it, did you think about adding the Trogherd Battalion or not? Uh, I didn't really start going into, because, so the way I've been writing lists in the last couple episodes is you just close your eyes and pick things. <laughs> naked. Well, I'm naked. <laughs> but I'm under the assumption that with the new General's Handbook, we're going to be losing the artifacts from the realms. I agree. And the yeah. artifacts are going to stick to what you have in the book. Yeah. And the, sorry. The, the only reason I ask is it's, if you go all trolls, honestly, it's not bad. Uh, when you, if you make a uh, wound roll uh, in melee and it's a six, unmodified six, you just get to add one to the damage of your attacks, which is not a bad bonus for if that's what you're going to do and that's what you're going to focus on. Uh, not that it's necessary. I was just curious if you looked at it at all. Yeah, the, uh, what I put on my guys, obviously, beside the hand of Gork to teleport in the trolls, is I went with the Mighty Below on the Dankhold Trog Boss, and that allows you to roll, re-roll the damage roll, because he does four attacks, threes and threes, minus two, D6 damage. Yep. <laughs> and if you get to re-roll that D6 damage... Yeah, that's 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 a pretty obvious general ability. That's awesome for him. I talked about it in one of our episodes. Uh, D six damage is the single greatest high that you'll ever get playing this game. I'm not saying it's good, but holy shit, it's fun to roll D six damage attacks. Uh, because when you spike, <laughs> see that uh, sweat man. start to beat up on people's heads. Yeah, oh, like I, I'm not saying this advice is something you should take and run out and use all the D six attacks you can find. But man, they're fun. If you have a problem with gambling, this might be a way to do something where you don't lose your money uh, and still get the same thrill. So, And then the Chromatic Cogs is obviously going for not the additional spell, but just the advance. Yeah. Plus well, the, I mean, situationally, if you know that your opponent's faster than you, you're going to want to slow it down so that you, you, have a, you have a cave shaman. No, no, no. You don't have a cave shaman. You have a... Um, a fungoid cave shaman. Yep. You do have a fungoid cave yep. shaman. Just one. And then the other is the Trogoth egg. Yeah. But you want to get those squigs into your opponent because once they start breaking and they start running, they do mm-hmm. mortal wounds on their runs. They do the farts, you just, yeah. You just, yeah, you want to like plug up their army until the trolls then hit them and do as much damage with them as possible. And with the, uh, the loom boss, I just gave him the artifact to the minus one to hit, obviously, because gloom spike gets have a ton of minus one to hits. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. Destruction. Trogoffs. Dang old Trogboss. Love that guy. Trogs. That's my furry outfit right there. Ugh, the troll. That's, that's <laughs> the, drag, the Dank off Trogboss. 
I've seen right, one Alex. of those in real life uh, at various tournaments. So really, yeah, I've never. I well, obviously, my experience is limited, anyways. But I've never seen one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, do we have order? Are we going to talk about order at all? Yeah. No. Well, soon. We'll we'll look okay. the price. Alex, okay. price has order. Well, here's the problem. I have a bit of a break here because I thought I had to pick units. I didn't know I was building a list. So. Uh, we, I do have a list though of different things, a list of, um, I kind of finalized it. I, I made it smaller. You talked about unique things and things that you wouldn't normally see on the table. So I made a list of, oh, is he just getting up? Everyone's just leaving. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, so I made, I made a list of uh, units that you are gonna be playing hard mode when you play in a death, uh, Grand Alliance. And then units that are kind of like, in my opinion, the unsung heroes of their um, of their uh, alliance. Um, starting with uh, well, one of the easiest ones, Grand Alliance Death, straight up Tomb Kings. If you bring any Tomb Kings at all, you're going to have a real rough time. And Grand Alliance Death is one of the hardest factions oh. to play. But you still see like that one dude playing Tomb Kings. He's like ripping it up with a bunch of chariots and like... Uh, exalted tomb king so just cetera and shit yeah um so you got that i mean it's like a high skill but they also have like incredibly hard counters which are like most lists like most like higher tier lists they're just gonna try to mitigate like you're 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 not playing that to win a tournament you're playing no. that to get like to get like you know broken necks looking at your army uh, um and you but, know that's a that's an easy one to steal a best in faction on uh, if your whole goal is just to get you a nice plaque that says I was the best player in X faction, great one to go with. True. Well, the problem is um, it's not Tomb King faction. It is Grand yeah. Alliance. So you're, right. you, you're going to be going for the Grand Alliance one, which all the other death players with Battle Tomes are also going to be going for. That's true. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely something where if you do, if you're a great hobbyist, like you can just fucking get, you know, best appearance or favorite army or whatever. Um, but then for like the more established units, the more established allegiances, I was looking at, um, uh, well, the easiest one was Soul Blight because it's an allegiance that people even forget still exist. And hopefully it does end up coming out because I'm definitely going to play them because they were my first, uh, AOS army. Um, but, uh, bats are kind of like playing hard mode. Uh, fell bats are just really not great. Neither are bat swarms, but Vargeist and Vargeist are also not great but like Vargas can put a bunch of hurt. So that's what I was looking at as the unsung hero. Um, and that's just something to just glaze over. Um, for Legion, uh, <laughs> this is really funny. Legion, the plain hard mode units I saw were Graveguard just in general, because they're just worse Grimgast Reapers. Um, and then uh, the Legion Black Coach is one of the worst units in the game. Yeah, And it is, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just say use the one from Nighthaunt Battle Tome. They didn't. And so it is one of the worst units in existence. Um, but the unsung hero for Legion armies is um, Corpse Cart with an Unholy Lodestone because it is, uh, it, you can actually put it in a, um, in a Flesh Eater Court army and a mm-hmm. Legion army and it gives a pretty big bubble of plus one to cast and it's like 80 points. Not so that was it's not the, a hero. Uh, that was the top, top FE or... Plus your courts in the LVO. Have the yeah. It's a, it's a great, uh, I've played against a list very similar once and I was just like, oh, you guys are allies, aren't you? And the guy was like, yeah. Um, so that's definitely. Anything that so can good. modify casting rules is really good. Seriously. And, and with, um, with uh, flesh eater courts, you, anything that you can do to 
to get an extra to cast you, you fucking want. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For Night Haunt, it was a little bit of a harder one, but um, one of my first armies when Legions came out is um, there used to never be an unmodified one. You, there wasn't a thing, there used to be no rule saying you can't go below a dice roll of a one. So <laughs> this fuckhead over here would bring a Legion army with Neferata, which does the natural minus one bubble for her command ability. Um, and then I bring two Morn Ghouls onto the table. So Morn Ghouls used to be really, really good. The Forge World Giant Ghost. They used to be yeah. so good that they've been nerfed three times. Uh, they got nerfed, the first nerf, <laughs> nerfed them into Oblivion. And then like, just to be sure, they shot it two more times on the ground. <laughs> and so like, it just got worse and worse. Um, to, it's just a counterweight now. But um, um, the Morn Ghoul, it used to be if you were within six inches or 12 inches, you were minus one to hit. And if you were bravery six or less, you were minus two uh, to hit. So those could stack with each other. Two Morn Ghouls that had a three up uh, save that couldn't be modified. So two of these guys who had like 10 attacks doing D3 damage each, just running up the table, hitting things hella hard, making things each minus two plus like, you know, Neferata. So, uh, and then they could stack with each other. So suddenly you could get like, a, that one unit that you knew was going to beat you in close combat and be like, cool, you are, uh, you're minus five to hit. Um, were you hitting on a two up? <laughs> yeah, now you can Were you not hitting on a two up? Well, then you're not hitting now. Uh, <laughs> that was the past, Alex. That was the I know. past. I know. So if you play it, you're playing hard mode. But uh, if you play the night, the uh, black coach in a night hunt army, the actual black coach in a night hunt army, uh, it is one of those things where it's not great right now. And unfortunately, um, like Fleshier Courts actually kind of did away with the... I used to bring the Black Coach a lot in my Night Hunt list competitively until like Terror Geist on, you know, Cool Kings on Terror Geist came out. And I was like, well, that sucks. I'm going to lose it in one round of combat. Um, but it is something where you can you can definitely make it work uh, because people aren't going to really be looking for it anymore. It's a sexy um, model. And it's a sexy model, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then for uh, for OBR... Um, the hard mode was the crawler because of the same sentiment I told you guys before. Like as a night hunt player, I can tell you that the, the moment I see something that's like, oh shit, like yeah, that thing can do five damage with three attacks each. That's that's rough. You can make it four attacks. Ooh, like even if it's uh, even if I get my normal save, that's that's still pretty scary with like a night hunt army with a bunch of four up and five up saves. But like you play KG, you hit the you you make sure that he overcommits on certain areas. You keep some of your army in the sky. And like a Stormcast can do this and so many other people can do this. But then like in the, when the moment's right, you just get within six inches and then get within three inches and like consolidate in within three inches and bingo bongo. That's a useless fucking crawler now. That's six attacks in close combat on three, three, no rend, one damage and uh, 10 wounds and that's it. So you're saying the scrap launcher is way better. Scrap launcher is way better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> scrap launcher is also not 200 points, I think um but uh but the the unsung hero was as i alluded to earlier we i've been talking to um jeremy about uh a lot of lists that aren't petrifex just to like spitball and shit, shoot the shit and um for a while when zeech first came out we didn't know how the faq was gonna go so i was actually straight up making um lists for no myriad which have a yeah. natural six up nullifies a spell it doesn't work on the unit that you're using it on um, but and for uh, discipline point, you can just make it a two up instead. Um, so I was looking at them, but in a if you bring a Praetorian list, one of the unsung heroes that you can definitely have is the named the named Arch Cavalos. Um, he's 
great. He's got one of the few command abilities that is rare, even in AOS in general, ones that are modifiers to wound. Um, uh, uh, and it, it, he can be a beat stick. I mean, a Kavalos alone can be a bit of a tank, um, but even more so with the Arch Kavalos. Um, and you can't really have a Praetorian list without Catacros because he basically turns the army into a Petrifex army without the, uh, without the plus one rend in combat. But uh, because he's already kind of expensive and you have to bring Catacros, it's a hard list to bring to implement because it's you have like already that's like over 700 points but um he could be an unsung hero for sure like these he's fast. unique things yeah he's something fast. that obr really want yeah obr is also decept deceptively fast they look slow until you play them twice and then you know they're actually move seven and they're in your face on turn two like Nurgle, but like Nurgle, yeah, yeah. where everyone's like, oh. oh, you can run in charge too? <laughs> Nurgle are the fastest army out there. You yeah. can shit out trees. Blister Skin's got nothing on Nurgle. <laughs> yeah. So that's my list. It's not an actual list, but it's the list of units. I'm surprised <laughs> that you didn't say overall. I feel like it's the low-hanging fruit, but I'm surprised you didn't pick zombies for Legion. Cause... So I was really close. It was, it was, I actually had that written down initially. Um, but Graveguard is harder mode because at least you can argue that zombies are 60 points for 10 and you, can, you can't benefit from cover because you don't have a save. So you can't get a modifier to a save of dash, but um, you can stick them on the back of an objective and hopefully the opponent doesn't charge it. I guess that's fair. I hate zombies. They're so bad. They're bad. But Graveguard are 14 points a model and get outdone by most average infantry now yeah they suffer from being a very old elite infantry at this point where they're pointed as elite in very early age of sigmar mm -hmm. yeah so not fun Wait. thanks alex man that was a good overview of everything in death because that's what you are all about you are the bone daddy <laughs> hi price yeah what you got, bud? so uh, talking about order, um, I pick Vanguard Hunters. Not necessarily the worst unit that you can find in Grand Order uh, Alliance, but I really, really like these models. They are some of my favorite Stormcast models. Uh, so I decided to try and find a way to put them into a list that maybe not the best possible list, but would be fun to play. Uh, I did go with Cities of Sigmar. If you listened, you know that's my wheelhouse. That's what I love to play. Uh, that's where I have a lot of fun. Uh, so, um, I'm running Tempest Eye, which is a mobility-focused city list, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. And the list is uh, um, a Free Guild General and Griffin. Uh, I have a Luminarch of Haish with a White Battle Mage, and then a Celestial Hurricaneum with a Celestial Battle Mage. Uh, and I also have an Injured Master with Dirigible Suit, who's that really cool guy from Carajan Overlords, who has mm -hmm. like the power armor rig that he's wearing. Uh, I have three units of free guild outriders. Uh, there's a lot of talk between outriders and pistoliers. I like outriders better, but they're both the same points cost. So it's whichever one you think works best for you. Uh, two gyrocopters in a single unit, and then 15 vanguard hunters, uh, one big unit. This is going to be my honored retinue, uh, which in cities of Sigmar basically means they can soak wounds for my general. Uh, and then I'm running the Aetherguard Windrunners Battalion, uh, which gives the Free Guild General on Griffin and the Outriders some bonuses. Also going to get me a bonus uh, artifact and command point. And so the idea behind the list is basically I have a big unit of Vanguard Hunters who are going to be in front of my Injured Master and then both my uh, Luminarch and Hurricaneum. 
Um, and so that's kind of like a, a moving magical artillery piece that's shooting out mortal wounds and lasers and casting spells uh, and also has access to one of my favorite command traits in the game, which is an aura plus one to wound yeah. <laughs> uh, bubble, which is going to affect the Vanguard hunters, which makes their shooting their, their two shot pistols a little bit more effective. Um, you can toss yeah. five's protection on them. Uh, a lot of things that you can do to take that unit, which on paper kind of mediocre for its points and really increase its efficacy. Uh, and then otherwise it's a fairly fast list. You've got the outriders and the Griffin general, running around, taking objectives, scoring, pushing stuff off. And then you got this big, just like bulky blob in the middle of Vanguard Hunters uh, surrounding uh, the magical artillery uh, to do your damage and push stuff off the table. So, I like it. But, yeah, and they I can deep strike them too if you want to, right? Uh, this no. one you can't because they aren't in uh, the Stormcast book because their actual compass still requires that they be deployed in the celestial realm uh, if you wanted to deep strike them though you could put them in living city like if you wanted to move the list around because they could benefit from hidden paths uh in living city so there is an option there uh, i thought a lot about living city when i was writing this list but i really wanted to get access to that plus one to wound bubble because uh, yeah. i think it makes their shooting a lot more effective so um but yeah that's the that's the list i wrote uh and thematically the whole idea is it's like this big vanguard hunters like hunting pack unit uh, I assume that they're hunting some giant chaos monster somewhere, because that was kind of my theme behind it as well. No, they're hunting some uh, like witch hero, dark elf hero. That's it. Um, dark elves are our uh, order now, sir. They are uh, perfectly welcome in cities of Sigmar. <laughs> uh, this is a progressive uh, army these days. So I'm sorry, sorry. The cities of Sigmar can take them then. Uh, yeah, yeah they actually Darkling, can. Yep, Darkling Covens is in the book, and mm -hmm. Daughters of Cain mm -hmm. are an ally. So. Ally, yes, 400 points. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Right. yeah. But Darkling Covens are a full part of City of the Sigmar, so. Yeah. Which which are all the Dark Elf units that we're not with. <sighs> yes, right. the Dreadlord on Dragon. The Hydra. Which I have lamented is uh, a part of that faction. That's yep. faction in the faction. I'm, I'm thinking about playing uh, a list with three of those. Well, two and a Sorceress on Dragon, so. It's like uh, a few years ago, my buddy Frank, um, pre Cities of Sigmar, he would bring um, Frank De La Roach um, from Southern California. He's an amazing painter. And a cook. Um, yeah, he's a great guy too. Um, he would bring like the all dragon list. And so it was like a dragon, three units of big units of dragon princes. And then yeah. like three straight up or like, I think five dragons. I don't fucking know. I just remember he brought all those like high elf dragons from back in the day. And it was like, oh man, like this yeah. is a fucking list. I've, I've there was a guy at Nashville at, last year that yeah, had that list. I was actually going to say, I played that list at Nashcon right before, kind of right before it was going out because cities had gotten announced. And I played that list. It was a gnarly ass list. Like it, it will catch you out because uh, it's real fast or it was really, really fast. And those dragons, if they got into you and popped off with the D6s, boy howdy it was an ass tearing so i gotta ask have you guys been playing um any like aos on tabletop simulator or anything like that we have some guys at our store who are doing it uh i just have not gotten around to it i think it's probably a perfectly fine thing to do it's just one of those things where like i come home and i'm like mm, do i really want to fool around with this i haven't yet and so i haven't okay i was gonna say because um my my co-host garrett uh he and i got last week a game on tts and uh, he brought a Cities of Sigmar. It was a Tempestus Silas, so it was a lot more meta. But um, he brought 
like the max unit, which was like 40 or 45 dark shards, yeah. which are the dark elves with crossbows. Mm-hmm. And didn't realize Ooh. that they were like an absurd amount of attacks each. Yep. It was like, Two oh, okay. And with Tipisai, the amount of buffs that you can put on them, they get real nasty real fast. Hitting on yeah, twos, on threes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tempestide is just a blast to play. Uh, I've had a lot of fun playing Tempestide too with uh, taking what's the little gunboat, the gun hauler from KO, because you can just pick it up every turn and put it somewhere else. So if your opponent comes off an objective, you just get to drop a boat on them, which is fun. So, yeah. Sweet. So. All right. Thanks for that, Price. Yep. Obviously, Order, you got that covered hands down, especially when you start <laughs> getting into the free cities. City of Sigmar, man, it's my it's my addiction. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, Matt, Alex. It was great to have you on our show. Uh, I'll give you a little shout out. Let's. What do you want to list off? Who do you want to list off? What do you got going? Give a little advert. Yeah, I mean, hey, Wide World of Wargaming, definitely check us out. Uh, we're also on Podbean. I think we now, our podcasts follow each other now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also are on uh, the FLG role um, every week. Um, we've been doing these Zoom calls um, and turning them into videos. Um, I'm having some trouble doing video editing, so my buddy John's going to be uh, co-host John, kind of <laughs> taking the charge on that for now. Um, but yeah, we um, are on Facebook. Uh if you see any of us, um, hopefully when things start to get normal, definitely say hi. Uh, we'll, we'll have a drink. It'll be fun. But um, I, I'm really, uh, you know, I know Dayton and I see him a bunch, but it's uh, great meeting meeting the, the rest of the cast. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Thank well, we you for coming. You on, man. Yeah, of course. And if I ever show up to uh, ATC or wherever, definitely uh, I'll, I'll, I'll swing by and try to say hi. Yeah, I mean, we try to kicks back in. I'll, I'll definitely be out there. So, mm. I mean, Alex is one of the few guys that actually I think he knows more people than I do, which is really fun. I don't know. Every time we say hi, shit. It's not a contest. Yeah. No, no, it's not a contest. We're just social people. Mm. If you ever see Alex out in the tournament and stuff, he's usually in a onesie. He usually has a beverage in hand, or he's in the suit, which I've seen a couple times. And he just has once. like this. He has like an entourage around him at all times. So don't get intimidated by it. <laughs> yeah, some kind of weird reality television show at that point. <laughs> He's got his makeup I, guy. For right the record, I'd fucking do pop. it in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, Alex, man, it sounded like you had a really good time doing this uh, co-hosting with us. It was great to have you on the show. <laughs> Always great to fucking talk Age of Sigmar, especially in this time when we're not playing. So thanks again for coming on our show. And yeah, Jeff, sign off, bud. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk to you next time. Yep. Uh, have a good evening, guys. Thanks for listening. And this is Dayton signing off. Happy Mother's Day. Say hi to whatever mother you're involved with. And Alex. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I can't wait to hear you guys' next episode, which will be this one um, and the future ones. I'm so glad you guys are jumping on and we got another AOS podcast that's awesome. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on and I look forward to seeing and hearing all your guys' success moving forward. 